You see, Jason was my son. And today is his birthday. I'm a messenger of God. You're doomed if you stay here. What's up, guys? Welcome in to another episode of It's a Horror Podcast. My name is Wes. Hello, all you cool cats and kittens. This is Kevin from Big Kevin Rescue. Oh, my God. That <laughs> was impressive, sir. Hell, yeah. That was a great way to start season three, guys. Welcome into our third season. I cannot believe we've gone through 40 episodes already. That's Or 40 plus because of our reviews, but just 40 episodes to this season. I just, I just I just love it, man. I'm so excited to get this thing going. Yes, it's been a long, exciting road, and we are here. We've talked about, man, we've talked about genres of horror. We've talked about all slasher franchises. Not all, but mostly. All the good ones, that is. <laughs> um, and now we're back with directors, man. So we're just going to be breaking down a complete filmography from certain directors. We're going to give our top five. I'm going to give my shit pick. Wes is going to give his... Uh, what, what, would, what do you call it? Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions, yes. And we're going to have a good yes. time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hell yeah. I need to come up with a better name for that, but I'll work on the lift. That's, that's in the that's in works, guys. Keep keep that uh, in your back pocket for a minute. Mentions that are um, honorable. You can call them yeah. <laughs> Oh, there we go. We'll get a little, <laughs> little, uh, little scientific with it there. Uh, but yeah, like I said, we, we are so excited to be back for this third season. And uh, we took a little bit of time off and got some things going. Um, I just I just can't wait to get into all this. So uh, again, thank you for all your support. Uh, you guys made the month of March for us just phenomenal. Like we grew so much. Uh, we sold a lot of merchandise to you guys. Um, we're so excited to see everyone loving that. Um, we're going to come up with some new stuff pretty soon for the, for the merch site and uh, some stuff for the patrons and all like that. And we just, we're so we We added like four or five patrons over the month of March too. So that's fantastic. So thank you guys so, so much. I think it's time to get into these directors because I'm telling you, we we have so we have all out the season four year old files. We have 19 directors we're going to talk about. Our last episode is going to be we're going to pick our top five directors and then count those guys down. So I think that's going to be kind of cool to kind of talk about that. Um, but yeah, so I just can't wait to get into this. So um, of course, our first director is going to be none other than John Carpenter of Halloween fame. Uh, but you know what? I'll let Kevin tell us all about that. So uh, let's get into our director, John Carpenter. So none other than the infamous John Howard Carpenter. So John Carpenter was born January 16th, 1948. It's a little on the older side, a little on the other side of the hill, but, you know, we still love him. Um, he was born in Carthage, New York. So fellow New Yorkians out there, uh, he, here's your guy. Um, so totally, or totally, he has directed 21 full-length films, three short films, and several short films. He Obviously, he started his career with, I, I believe it was like seven short films, none of which I can find anything about, by the way. I, I don't know where to find them. So if anybody uh, knows anything about John Carpenter's short films, let me know, because he did yeah he did seven of them from 1962 to 1969 so uh hook your boys up 
Now, some interesting hmm. facts about Mr. Carpenter. Uh, he was actually married to Adrian Barbeau from January 1979 to September 1984. Now, a lot of people will know Adrian Barbeau from Creepshow fame, uh, The Fog. She's in several of John Carpenter's films. I know she's the voice of the computer in The Thing, which um, mm-hmm. that might be a film we talk about later, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> let's break down some of the films. What do you say? Yeah, man. That's just that's awesome, dude. Let's just like get into it. All right, so his debut full-length film, 1974, is Dark Star. So I'm just going to just bowl through these, all right? So just I hope everyone's listening, paying attention. If not, skip this part forward. You're not really missing much. Uh, 1976 <laughs> is Assault on Precinct 13. Next up is 1978, Halloween, and Someone's Watching Me. He released two films that year. Uh, 1979, he had Elvis, which is a TV movie. I don't know if anyone's seen that one. Personally, I haven't. Have you? No, I've not seen that one. All right. I know, yeah, I know Kurt Russell plays uh, Elvis, so if you have a heart yeah, yeah. on for Kurt Russell and or Elvis, I'm sure you'll have a good time. Uh, <laughs> 1980, The Fog, classic. 1981, Escape from New York. 1982, The Thing. 1983, Christine, of course. 1984, Starman. So, I mean, every from 80 to 84, he had a film coming out every year. He's definitely pretty busy. Took a little break in 1985, came back in 1986 with uh, Big Trouble in Little China. 1987 was Prince of Darkness, another film we may just be talking about later. Um, 1988, They Live. And then 1992, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Another one I actually have not seen. Have you seen that one? Uh, yes, I have. I love that film. Chevy Chase, uh, so great. Okay, okay. Well, maybe maybe, oh. that, maybe we'll expand upon that later. Uh, who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Um, 1993, the TV film anthology Body Bags classic um 1994 in the mouth of madness 1995 village of the damned 1996 escape from la his sequel to uh escape from what was it new york from 1981 yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um 1998 is vampires 2001 ghost of mars and then last but not least his most recent film released 10 years ago in 2010 was the ward nice i mean that's a mouthful He, I say, he is one of those directors that has really done so much. Like, it's funny looking through his IMDb page too. Like, you know, he has a section for producing, for directing, for writing, for you know, soundtrack. He has done just so much in so many different ways. It's just he's one of those directors you have to revere, whether you like his films or not. He's done so much and has has had a huge career. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and on top of all of his directing uh, credits, he's very huge on the composer side. He's obviously composed very. most of his. Um, horror soundtrack scores all not by himself obviously but he's cool. he's definitely takes those reins i know he's been touring a lot as of late with i think his band's just called like john carpenter and john carpenter's band or some shit i don't know it's whatever <laughs> the name is but not john carpenter and the carpenters <laughs> yeah oh shit there you go the carpenters um, the carpenters yeah <laughs> But yeah, I just I just got one little fact, man. There's not I don't want to call him uninteresting because he is a very interesting man, but in terms of just kind of his personal life, you know, he's he's been very quiet, kept to himself. Um it's actually pretty interesting worth noting that he appears in uh, several of his own films under the name of Rip Hate for some reason. Really? Uh Hate huh. spelled H A I G H T. I don't I don't know, but he appears in The Fog, uh Starman, Body Bags and Village of the Damned all penned under mm-hmm. that name so yeah nice i like that well it's cool i mean i, I was gonna talk about the uh the, uh, the composing part of it too like when you watch a john carpenter film like the music playing in the background you know he's of course he's composed that you can just tell there's a john carpenter film by the way it sounds which i love that so and oh, even yeah, he's without always got that synthiness going on 
yeah, with Halloween three, especially like that's one that I was like, damn, that's just so, I just love the feel of that movie because of that soundtrack. It's just so great. So, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 um, which if people that are listening, speaking of Halloween three, um, check out our Halloween slasher series episode to see where we place that on our lists. Hint, hint. It might be ahead of the original. Mm, you never know. Dude, that was a nice shot. I like the way you worked that in there. Yeah, good. yeah. Give, <laughs> gave a plug to our uh, old episode. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. And honestly, seriously, if you haven't listened to our slasher series either, I mean, there's 20 episodes of just, you know, slashery goodness in there. So just go check that out right right the fuck now. Yeah, we had a lot of fun oh. doing that. Oh, my God. It's so much fun. I just, oh. Uh, sometimes I might listen to some of my favorite episodes that I've done and just listen to you talk. You know, I cut my parts out. So I listen to just you talking. I'm like, oh. That He's is so dark dreamy. and sad. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Why? I'm going to give one of these. <laughs> that's my favorite. That's my that's my sound effect for life. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> well, all right. So now we've learned all about JC. I mean, uh, John Carpenter. So, um, you know, let's, uh, let's find out about, you know, which films we think are the best that he's put out. So, but first, before we do that, let's find that one film that we think that might not be the best, you know, might be kind of shitty. So, uh, Let's get into that. Hey, kids. It's time for Kevin's Shit Pick of the Week. So, this one wasn't too hard for me. I know, obviously, my shit picks this time around are going to be... It's going to make some people mad. You know, with the Slasher series, obviously, I would pick the film... We both would pick... The film that we least liked, and that pretty much that's universal. But when it comes to right. directors, I may just have a few surprises, you know. Um, mm-hmm. With John Carpenter, my shit pick, my least favorite film he has ever released that I've watched. Again, I've probably watched maybe like seventeen of his twenty-one films. Right. Is Village of the Damned? Ooh, I would have to agree with that. Yeah, I would have to agree with that one. Good, Definitely. good, awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so tell me about it. <clears throat> It's just very boring to me. I, I put this on and nothing really happens. And I I just can't stand those films where kids are just shitheads. It just <laughs> I – I just – I don't have – I'm not going to say I don't have a soft spot for kids. But when it comes to asshole kids, I definitely don't have a soft spot for it. I just, I just want them to go. It's just not my <laughs> thing. Like Bloody just- Birthday, for instance, fuck that movie. <laughs> I've never seen it before. I need to, need to check that out, though. It's not it's not bad, but the kids are real shits in it. Um, mm, so what is yeah. there to say about this one? Uh, Kirstie Alley, of course, from uh, what's that film with Cheers. talking babies? Look who's talking. Oh, oh the, look who's talking. To- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> look where like our, both of our heads are at. Okay. <laughs> I'm old. And, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and of course Christopher Reeves is in this as well. Um, mm-hmm. Anybody that's seen this one, I mean, if you like it, fucking cool, I guess, but. It's just not my thing. Just, yeah, I was bored throughout the entire thing. I remember one scene that definitely stuck out was when this dude jumped off a roof with a, a broom with the handle mm. side towards his like sternum or or, or, oh, or his tum tum. I can't remember what it was. And he jumps <laughs> off onto his fucking car and it just impales him. I thought that was pretty rad. But I mean, in terms of what John Oof. Carpenter can do, this ju- this one just didn't keep my attention whatsoever. So if I had to advise you to skip a film, I would say it's Village of the Damned, which was released in 1995. Yeah, I'm about to say. Well, you know, I kept wondering why uh, 
Christopher Reeve didn't, you know, kill the kids with his laser vision. I can't, I can't figure that out. But, <laughs> oh, well, I guess. <laughs> that was me. That sounded Weird. good, though, didn't it? Yeah, that was very good. I, I can only record you from now on. Shit, that's pretty good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this one definitely the same for me. I just, it's just one of those films I just, I tried to like. I really did. I just, I don't know, man. Just couldn't get past the boring. Just the, I just was bored. Like you, I just was yeah. very, very bored. Yeah, it's so. boring. Yeah, just uh, the storyline's kind of weak too. And uh, like I said, if you have a, if you have a strong story that I can get behind, yeah, but even though, like the the movie's not that great, like I'll still like like it. But this one's just this is very boring all around, just in all, every aspect. It's big poops for sure. But it's cool. With, it's very. worth noting one of the little kids is uh, Thomas Decker, who obviously is a big actor in um, a bunch of horror films. He's in obviously everyone's favorite Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, I know you like that, and I know he's in a handful of other uh, horror films, but yeah, it just just skip it. I think we need to. I think I need a, like a throw up sound effect to put in there too. That'd be perfect. Every time you bring that up or something else up, I need to be like, you know, just use that throw up sound. Perfect. Effect. Perfect. Yep. 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 Well, all right. Yeah, I don't want to talk too much about that film because it just is really, really bad, and I just don't. I uh, don't enjoy talking about village of the dam so <laughs> i don't blame you <laughs> well all right i guess it's time to get into our top fives here this is kind of cool because we really haven't done a top we've done a couple of top fives in the sasha series but it was more of just talking you know the top five films in that series but now we're looking at the top top you know just definitive top fives so um kind of good to be back good to be back to this so. definitely so, a little throwback to the first season if anybody is listening yes. since then if we haven't exactly. rained you off by now Seriously, I, I keep telling people they start listening. I'm, listen, the first couple episodes are really rough. Just, you know, please excuse our low production quality, but you know, once you get past that, it's totally great. So, Definitely. <laughs> well, cool. All right, well, let's get into our top five here, brother. Uh, Won't you uh, give us your number five? Number five. Death has come to your little town, sheriff. Something came out of the fog and tried to destroy us. Fear is a powerful emotion we all feel as humans. We're all afraid of death and loss of a loved one, loss of identity. All the things that you see in the movie, we're all afraid of. So at number five, to start off the new season, I've got In the Mouth of Madness, released from 1995. Ooh, all right. Yes. Good deal. All right. Now, is this one you've well, seen before? Oh, yes. Yes, okay. I have seen that before. Very good. So you got Mr. Jurassic Park himself, uh, Sam Neill, in this one. Again, his name is not Jurassic Park. It w- he played a character <laughs> in Jurassic Park for anybody listening and not understanding that joke. Um, <laughs> what's to kind of say about this film? This is one of his newer – and I'm, I'm saying one of his newer films, most recent films. It was released like 25 years ago. But um, <laughs> this one just kind of has a very, very interesting kind of surreal feel to it. You know, you're kind of stuck in the limbo between reality and – opposite of reality what would that be called surrealism Uh, surrealism there you go yeah um it's just very fun it's almost got kind of like this like lovecraftian thing going on you know they've got Mm -hmm. some tentacles and the old lady from happy gilmore shows up that's pretty fucking rad except she's like a a dominatrix to her husband at one point (laughs) very interesting i never thought i would ever see that which no it's actually funny i'm just now thinking too in happy gilmore in one of happy gilmore's like throwback scenes like she's all like leathered it out do you remember oh, that yeah. like bad thoughts yes. or whatever scene holy yeah. shit 
Man. Wow, dude, that's that's throwback right there. Yeah, Shit. we got to figure out her name, man, and give give her a shout out. I know she's passed. Francis Bay is her name. Um, there, there you go. But yeah, um, this one's just really fucking creepy. And let me tell you about the scene that really creeped me out with this one. There's a scene where okay. they're driving overnight on a road. Oh, dude, yep. I know you're talking about. Yep. yep. And then there's just creepy ass old person, and I thought it was an old woman for mm-hmm. a while. It turns out that was an yeah. old man. Yeah. Did you know that yeah. that was a man? Yeah. Well, well, they kind of they show the kid driving down the road before, and then they kind of show him as he got older, and he even says he goes, "I'm trapped here. I can't get out." Yeah. So, dude's just been driving that road for years and years and years, and he gets older. So, yeah. So that was like something that went over my head the first time I watched this. Oh, really? Yeah. The, the, this most recent, I've probably watched this film probably three or four times in my life, and this most recent time watching it for the podcast, I noticed that. I was like, oh. Interesting. Very yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that part freaked me out. Obviously, it's like this old-ass person uh, bicycling down an old road at night, and it's just kind of very eerie and creepy. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, per usual in John Carpenter films, the acting is pretty pretty goddamn good. Um, mm-hmm. you, you have ex- a um, fucking sh- – uh, Charles, Charlton Heston shows up. I was trying to think of his name. Uh, <laughs> Heston makes a uh, appearance as Harglow, obviously the uh, mm-hmm. owner of the uh, Sutter Kane releasing company. Right. Just a lot of fun, man. Just a lot of fucking fun. If you don't know what this one's about, uh, look it up. You know, it's just about like this director of these horror books, and then they get it a little too into one of his most recent film, and it turns out to be like, is it real life? Is it not? The, so on and so forth. But it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, dude, it's great. I'll, I'll talk about that a little more, a little bit. But yeah, I won't step too much on your toes. But yeah, it's it is one of those films that you just, it's a mind fuck, honestly. So good stuff. Definitely. What you got at number five? Well, my number five film. People are going to be very surprised about this, and I guess I may hurt some feelings, but you know what? It is is what it is. But uh, with John Carpenter, especially, there's so many films he's done that are just fantastic. So this was this was a difficult lineup for me. So, and I really am kind of like drawn back from putting this so far down the list, but just got to happen. I have the fog at number five. Um, I'm not sure how that sits with you, but um, it, yeah, wasn't that your number one? Was that demons up uh, or ghost? Yes. Uh, was it? It was demons. I think demons. Yeah, it was demons. I think. Oh yeah, yeah cause it, you. It made you put Night of the Demons at two. Yes, yes, and that's why I kept thinking. You know, but it, it, it's funny because I've kind of changed the way I look at films since I've done the podcast earlier. Like I, I would, I'd probably go back and change a few of my picks in my earlier things, probably. But you know, that's that's for another whole thing. And it'd be kind of cool <laughs> to go back, kind of you know, revisit some of our old stuff, and you know, and recount how we would change some things maybe but we'll talk about yeah that. that would be fun that would be fun we might do that for like a youtube episode or something like that maybe so um anyway the fog um like i said i love this film i do i love it a lot but rewatching it this time like i don't know man I, I i'm not sure if it was just my mindset or what it was but like it just didn't seem as action-packed as i remember it being even the previous times i've watched i've probably seen it like three or four times in the past like year. And I don't know, man, it just, I, I think maybe I'm, I'm like doing the things while I'm watching the film. Like I'm just not really paying a full attention to it, but this, this time I really sat down and like watched it from, you know, start to finish without breaking at all. And, um, had some really good scenes in it, uh, that I really enjoy, um, uh, especially the, like the last, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes are just fantastic, but it, it is a very slow, slow burn. 
And usually with slow burns, like, you know, a few things happen here and there, but like the stuff that happens on the way just doesn't, it, it doesn't pull me in as much as I'd wanted to, I guess. Um, but like I said, it is brilliant. I love Tom Atkins. I love Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, you know, and I love, I love the fact of how he literally picks her up on the road and within like five minutes they're in bed, you know, getting it on. I'm like, damn, that's slick motherfucking Tom Atkins, man. I mean, just and he was, you know, no, no facial hair or anything. He's just kind of kicking ass with that, you know, the, with the baby face, you know, so which is badass. So, um, but I, I love the practical effects in this. They're, they're great. I love the eeriness of the movie. Uh, it just kind of like that it kind of gives you that creepy, like, you know, something's behind you the whole time, you know, and especially the scene, you know, where, where Jimmy Lee Curtis is sitting in the, I guess the morgue and the dead body's behind her and it kind of creeps up on her. Like I just, I just, Oh my God, that scenes, it gets me every time. Um, but then like the, the, the character design, the, the, the way that the pirates look, I just, I love that. I love the way that the, and it, he almost never shows them. Like he shows like bits and pieces, but he never shows the whole thing like up close and, you know, in the light, which I think is brilliant. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's a great film, but like I said, it's just, it's just, there's other films he's done that are just better. I mean, and I'm sorry to say that because someone has a, a raging horror stiffy for this movie, which I do. It's just at half mass, you know, it's just not as, not as, you know, you know, part of my friends, but blood feels as it should be. Yeah, um, oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> but no, it's, it's interesting you say that because it, it really, your mood will dictate a film to you if if you could watch a great movie that otherwise you would love but like if you're just not feeling it watching it then you're not really gonna have that good time and it's crazy how different an experience is maybe watching a movie one time and then thinking of it a certain way either you love it or hate it and then you watch it again and sometimes it just doesn't live up to expectations or it's better you know so it's 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 very yes. interesting every time you watch a movie you know you never really know what you're gonna get Oh, that's so true. Well, you know, and nostalgia plays a huge part too. Like, you know, you watch it as a kid and you go, Oh, I love that film so much. It's so good. You know, you watch it, you know, 20 years later and you go, wow, that was not what I expected to see, you know, on the second or third or fourth watch, you know? So, you know, Definitely. it's yeah, mood, nostalgia, all that stuff plays into it. So it's just crazy. But, uh, well, all right. <laughs> now that puts a few people off because <laughs> I know I'll be here some shit for that, but, uh, yeah. All right, well, let's get into our number four pick, and uh, let's see what you got, man. Number four. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Something came out of the fog and tried to destroy us. Fuck you two! Fear is powerful emotion we all feel as humans. We're all afraid of death and loss of a loved one, loss of identity. All the things that you see in the movie, we're all afraid of. Number four. I've got none other than Prince of Darkness from 1987. Nice. Very nice. Yes. Now, have you seen this? I have. I have. I think I watched it for something to do with a podcast. Did we? Did I not? Wow. Yes. Um, I can't remember that? what it was, though. Yeah. I wow. feel like we did mention it before. It. Yeah, we mentioned it in some, yeah, some form or fashion. Or something. Oh, what was it? No shit, I can't think of it. Anyway, someone remembers that. <laughs> Hit us yes. up and tell us because I'm I'm old. Go ahead. <laughs> so my history with this film is actually very recent. I held off on a long time just because I knew it was kind of very religious heavy, and obviously that's not really my thing. You know, it's just kind of the nun exploitation and the 
the um, religious aspects in film just, just don't really like draw me in. I just kind of find them a little like tame and boring at points. But so I really held off on this one. And then I watched this probably for the first time last year. And I liked it a lot because it it really kind of plays out like a slasher movie. And you probably mm-hmm. won't hear that from a lot of people. But all of these kind of uh, they're like doctorate students go to this castle or it's like a fucking old church or something. They find out the essence of Satan is underneath is, and apparently the essence of Satan is like this green, just jar full of just kind of like that liquid, you, you know, those little, like little, uh, sleeve toys that you can put your finger in and like you shake them up and they got that little like swirly shit in them. And uh-huh. then as you as you grow up, you realize that that's pretty much just a flashlight um, for kids. <laughs> so, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, <laughs> uh, yeah as it may or may not be. Um, oh god! So yeah, just imagine the flashlight liquid in a thing is just Satan. So they have to go and study like what the fuck is this, and then they accidentally unleash it, and then it kind of takes over people, a la kind of Night of the Demons, where. You know, one person bites someone, they turn, and then it's like a one-by-one situation. The yeah. special effects in this film, probably one of my favorite ever in a John Carpenter film. Obviously, wow. uh, aside from a couple other ones, which I have to mention, but mm, yeah. it's just gross. There's gross horror in this one. There's a lot of bug influences, um, namely... When the guy's like standing outside and he's just got like all those fucking, he's standing on all those bugs and he just kind of like rots away in his voice. And, yeah. In the VHS um, style of like Satan in the doorway. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Dude, that's badass. Man. So it's like we have intercepted your brain frequencies. This is not a fucking drill or I don't know what the fuck it was, but it was creepy as shit. Right. I can, I can tell you that right now. Um, Alice Cooper plays a derelict, so that's kind of fun. Just a homeless dude. And that's one thing I didn't really understand about this film was why all the homeless people were kind of like drawing around this place. It was almost like kind of like Satan's slaves type thing, but I don't I don't know. It kind of went over my head, personally. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I don't I'm with you on that. So I'm sure there's a reason behind it, but um, you know, maybe your boy was checking Instagram at the time or something. Uh, <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Uh, that would probably explain it. But Yes, this was yeah. just a lot of fun. If if you overlook this one just because, you know, you thought maybe by the cover it's just kind of like this dude's face is just kind of screaming and it's kind of stretched out. It doesn't really look that exciting. It, it's very exciting. Uh, check it out. I've seen a lot of people say this is a slower film, which it, it kind of is. It kind of is, but the buildup is well worth it. It, it Everything is great. Again, acting's perfect. Um, the score, obviously, it's a goddamn John Carpenter film, so that shit's on point, but... Yeah, just all around very solid in my opinion. I got that at number four. Cool, man. That's a very solid pick for number four. So definitely. Uh, You're a solid pick like at number we, four. Uh, you know, I'm a solid pick at number two and number one. So Oh, I see. There you go. Uh, mm-hmm. um, all right. So my number four film, and of course I'm also maybe pissing people off with this one too, but uh, my number four is The Thing. Oh um, my God. Uh, I know, dude. I have a feeling you're going to, yeah, yeah. I know. Fuck. I know. I know. Oh, it's worth I mentioning know. too. We should have mentioned this at the beginning. I don't know his list. He doesn't know my list. Oh. It makes things a little spicy. You know, add some uh, jalapenos to the chili. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that little mix out there. That's what I always fucking say. I, God damn it. I can't believe we forgot to mention that. Yeah, so new listeners, um, I don't know his lists at all, and he doesn't know mine. We don't really talk about it before the podcast. That way our reactions are genuine. You know, it's fun. Mm. It's, it's a good time. 
Yes, it is. But that's and I think that's one thing that sets us apart too, because a lot of people when they do a podcast, they kind of like coincide and talk about stuff, how they're going to talk about it. We just kind of go here's what we're talking about and then react how you want to react. So, yeah, yeah. it's it's great. But yeah, I kind of figured you wouldn't like this one being so low on my list. But uh, I just I just think there's other ones that are just better made by him. But before I go any farther, let's just get into this first. It is a brilliant film. It is a very, very, very brilliant film. Uh, one of those that sets the tone. Like it's you know it's you know, early '80s film or mid '80s film, so it, you know it it has that feel to it. And um, I, I, it is a great film. So don't please don't hate me for putting it so low. Um, I love the way that the isolation sets the tone. And before I get into any of this stuff, too, a lot of these films we're talking about have a very relevant feel, especially right now with what's going on in the world right now with this you know, COVID-19 bullshit we're going through right now. Um, just it, it, isolation, the spread of fear, the spread of a disease, the spread of whatever. It's like it, it's it, watching these films. I was like, damn, like I just it, it's so relevant. It's ridiculous. I never thought we'd be to this point. And here we are. We're almost living a fucking John Carpenter film. It's just it's crazy. Yeah. Next thing you know, there's going to um, be like fucking teeth on our tummies and we're going to have all these tentacles and shit. I know, dude. I can't wait. Like, awesome. <laughs> my, my head's gonna pop off. It's gonna crawl away on something like spider legs or whatever. So, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like this film is just brilliant for the fact, like you know, it like the isolation sets the tone, sets the fear in, um, the way you know the paranoia between the different you know people in the camp, um, the the use of the like, okay, he loves to use like animals, especially dogs in his films, and he loves to kill them. I'm not sure why that is, but. Or, or make them like evil or, you know, something's wrong with them or I don't know what it is, but he just has a hatred for dogs. So you don't know what the fuck's your problem. But, uh, um, but I think it's also brilliant for the fact that dogs draw people into films to make them love something about it. And he totally turns that on its head and uses it against the audience, which I think is brilliant. Um, because just because you don't like something the way that a director does something in a movie doesn't mean it's not brilliant and you shouldn't like go, wow, that's pretty fucking amazing. So, cause like some things people do, I just like, oh, it's fucked up, but damn, you got me there, you know? Um, but yeah, like the practical effects are just fucking awesome in this. Uh, just the monsters, the way that, I mean, of course it's all one monster, but they, it's fleshed out in so many different ways, you know, it's something different every single time. Um, of course, the iconic scene where the doctor is, is defibrillating. He's using the defibrillators. There we go. Oh, <laughs> the guy yeah, on the table. And yeah, I mean, just when he puts his hands down through the guy's chest and he gets his arms beaten off, like that's so brilliant. And uh, I go, a little fun fact about this, I'm sure you'll probably talk about later, but um, dude had like no arms. So they kind of used that as the way to make that look more realistic, which I think was pretty cool. But, Wait, in um, real life? Yeah. Like, yeah, he put prosthetic arms on him and they just had something bite down on him and he pulled him off. Like this dude literally didn't have arms in real life. Yeah. Holy shit! I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I've been that cool. So I thought that was pretty neat. It's like he's, he's sending, like, you look at it. He's sending out the uh, scripts and he's like, "All right, <clears throat> this actor I need. There's only there's only one <laughs> one criteria you need to fill. No arms. No. No. Here we go. Like what? <laughs> You're like, well, I can fill that, but I can't act. Ah, it's fucking just get in here. We'll, we'll we'll dub it later. Don't worry about yeah, it. Like, this is my one chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he nailed it brilliantly so yeah props to that guy with no arms no arm dude you kicked ass <laughs> um, but yeah um, I'm just reading through my notes here just like this this movie is just fucking awesome like it's funny because like the movie really doesn't pop off when I say until that dog is put in the kennel with the other dogs and like dude it just fucking erupts 
and it's just from then on, it's just a cat and mouse game. We're trying to catch this monster, and and I just it's just so it's it's so like it kind of depresses you too to watch it because you're just like oh, you know, I like to put myself in situations in movies, and this is definitely one of those ones. Where I'm like God, I would hate to be there, not knowing you know the uncertainty and, and thinking you may be infected next, and you know your friend's not trusting you. Like that's that's huge, and like I said, especially right now, it's just that's such a huge deal. Um, but it, and I'll wrap this up by saying, even to the very, very end, like we even talked about this, we talked about this before, about not knowing for sure. I know we we know John Carpenter's original vision for the very end of this film, but like you just don't know. Like you don't know if it's still there, if the thing is still active, it's still alive, it's still infecting people. So like it's just brilliant to the fact of just oh, you're always questioning, you know, is the thing still alive? So I think that's brilliant in itself. But yeah, this movie's great. Don't get me wrong. Please don't get me wrong because it's number four. I did the same thing. To, I did the same damn thing to Lost Boys on our Vampires episode. But I love that film. It's just, I don't know, like you said, different times, different you know, views on things. Like it can just hit you in different ways. And I guess the Lost Boys is another phenomenal, phenomenal film. Just, I don't know. Just, just the way the dominoes just, fall sometimes. So true. So please don't hate me. Love you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> let's just get into our uh, our number three picks, man. Go ahead. Number three. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Something came out of the fog and tried to destroy us. Fuck you two! Fear is a powerful emotion we all feel as humans. We're all afraid of death and loss of a loved one, loss of identity. All the things that you see in the movie, we're all afraid of. So, interestingly enough, I might have a little shocker here. Uh, I've got vampires. Ooh, nice, dude. Very yes. nice. A little Hell 1998 yeah. action. Hell yeah. So, what's to say about this one? Fucking James Woods, Danny Baldwin, the the Baldwin brother that's not quite as um, important as his other one, but he's still he's still kind of important. Um, oh, he's dreamy, too. He's very dreamy. Uh, yeah, he's not bad. He fucking punches a bitch in this movie, too. <laughs> Who talk about that? He's <laughs> crazy. Just winds back, cocks and just right to the fucking head. I was shook by I, Like, because, okay... It, it's not something you expect, you know, and I know 90s movies don't roll like that. Like, like it's almost like the 50s, you know, how a lot of the, the men will just like slap around women. It, 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 it was crazy to watch back some of those films, like how they treated women like that. And then it's mm-hmm. the 90s, you know, so you're like, oh, you know, there's not going to be any any, uh, you know, anti-woman imagery. And this dude just fucking slaps slaps her so hard. But I, I mean, mean it's. This- isn't she like a vampire at that point or something? She bit him or something. And he's pissed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because like he does get infected. Yeah, so he's like kind of mad, and I understand the frustration, you know. And and like if you're gonna act like that, you're gonna bite somebody. I guess you deserve to be slapped around a little bit. But you know, it's not like he. It's not like he just hit her for no reason. You know, it was like there was definitely a reason behind it. So yeah, it was it was enough to to make me be like, oh shit, like yeah, that, that just happened. Way. You know, anyway, anyway, go ahead. Uh, um, Mark <laughs> Boone Jr. getting ripped in half. That's that's pretty good to see, especially after um, our experience with him. Yes, definitely. <laughs> you want you so, want to go into that at all? Kind of. Um, just to kind of sum it up, worst celebrity experience I've ever had. Um, me and my girlfriend and Wes went to Kansas City Crypticon last year, and um, of course, you know we're huge Sons of Anarchy fans, so we walk up to him. It's literally just us three, right? We right. just walk up to him. He's like, whoa, 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 one at a time. We're like. All right, relax, John Travolta. Like you're not that big of a deal, you know. No one's rushing. You. John Travolta, that's what you picked. <laughs> I 
yes, I don't, it's the first person I thought of. <laughs> oh, my God. And then we were just, like, telling him, like, this one film that we liked, and he was just very dismissive of it. He's like, oh, really? Like, he was, like, shocked that we liked it. It's like, yeah. And he's just like, oh, you know, he's talking about how bad of a time he had making it and, and was trashing the actors and stuff, and it's just like, okay, you know, we were just telling you that it was a really good movie, and you're just, like, trashing us for thinking it was good. But anyways, so it was nice to see him get ripped in half. Um, yes, definitely. Karihiro Yuki Tagawa is oh, in this film. <laughs> so, true. Yeah, you might have to speed that one up in uh, post-credits, you know, put it at 1.5 <laughs> speed. Um, he played Shang Tsung in motherfucking Mortal Kombat. Oh, love that guy, man. Yeah, so that's not badass. I don't know what is. Um, what's to say about this one? It's it's a lot of fun. Obviously, I know I had it on my vampires list. I'm not sure if you did or not. Yeah, I did. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's just a really good vampire time. You know, there's a lot of good special effects. Um, is this is the one where they like just like burnt like catch fire when they're exposed to sunlight, right? Yeah, yeah, the very, the very, like the very first scene, like they, you know, they'll they'll, they'll attach them to a, a cable to the truck and then pull yes. them outside. And when they pull them outside, they just burst into flames. Like, yeah. Okay, because yeah, I was, I was only thinking of like near dark scenes because I know yeah. that's how they they are too. They burn. So I was I didn't know that it was the same. Okay, it's been a little bit since I've seen this movie. Um, yeah. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. It's just James Woods being over the top, just like you know, doing his best uh, John Travolta impersonation. You know, Damn, like this, either. like hot shit walking. You know, you got a heart on for John Travolta, don't you? <laughs> Dude, low key, I've always liked him. I've been, you know, I'm a huge Grease fan. Who oh, me too. Oh, like oh, Face exactly. Off. Mm, Shout no. out to Face Off. Hell yeah! I mean, one of the longest drawn out films of all time. So yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, that's kind of all I really have to say about this one. It's just one of those ones that you don't expect it to really be as good as it is. It's mm-hmm. just a lot of fun. The um, villain in this film is very memorable, very mm-hmm. classic uh, vampire. The The look of the vampires themselves are pretty spooky. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got on this one, man. Not a lot to talk about, but very solid film. We got that at number three. Yeah, it is a very, very solid film. I'm going to be talking about that one a little later, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, and I'm going to piss off more people. I'm just pissing them off oh, on this list. I swear, I'm telling you. But but okay, let me just put it this way. It did move up from my number five spot <laughs> to number three. Wow. So if, that's, if that says anything, it was, and it was only after only after rewatching it with my best friend, Jenna, a.k.a. Halibabe13. And we all know, if you all know Jenna, you know what her favorite film of all time is. And it is the original 1978 Halloween. Um, and of course, we all know where it landed on our list for the Slasher series. If not, go back and listen to those. Um, but I, I don't know. I have this stigma attached to, these, to the Halloween films. I don't know where it came from, how I got there. I don't know. Like, I don't know. But it's just there. It's just fucking there. And I just had to deal with it. But, but we rewatched it and actually really enjoyed it a lot more this time. Um, kind of pay more attention to it. Kind of, you know, we got, we got hashed out a few things as we're watching. We got talked about it, you know, and, um, I don't know. It just made more sense this time. And I think I was just the fact of having a, having someone that loves it so much, kind of explain things to me a little better, helped me a lot to really appreciate it for what it is. Um, it was so revolutionary at the time, especially, of course, people call it the godfather of the slasher. Of course, we know that's not true, but, but oh yeah, we done busted that wide open, didn't we? <laughs> we really did. <laughs> if, yeah, please go back and listen to that episode because it it was a brilliant episode. It was one of our favorite ones to record, so we really had a good time with that one. But at the same point, it does you know have a lot of very memorable scenes that can set you know 
set the tone for the slasher as it progressed through the 80s. So we won't, we won't take that away from it. We'll leave it like that. But, I mean, it's it's classic Carpenter. Like, it is classic fucking Carpenter. It has his fingerprints all over it. The music, the way it's shot, the different camera angles, uh, the point of view, you know, shots. Um, and just the casting is fantastic. Casting is perfect. You could have casted a better, you know, cast of characters for this movie. And he did a great job with that. Um, I mean, just the, the film, I mean, what I was going to say about Halloween, it's Halloween. Come on guys. I mean, if I could build it up, but you know, we also know that I'm a, it's not one of my favorite films of all time or even the favorite in this list. So I can't talk too much, but um, God, I just, you know, I don't even know where else I can go with this, honestly, because it's just, it's one of the most classic films of all time, you know, horror or otherwise, yeah, people talk about great cinema, you know, top 100 films of all time. It's definitely in the top 10 uh, of all your know, best films of all time. Um, so I can't, uh, can't bash it any more than that. So <laughs> but, I'm shook. Uh, why are you shook? I cannot believe that you have this lower on your list than I do. Spoiler alert. I mean, okay. okay like I said, I mean, you know, it's, I don't I don't know. I mean, I was going to kind of explain myself there, but I really can't. Like, I just, it's just one of those things where it just landed where it landed. And my, my top two films, I, I enjoy more than most films that I watch anyway. So, because like, I, okay, Halloween is not one of the films I can rewatch over and over again. Like, people say, you know, obviously post on Instagram about, you know, put movies that you, you know, what movies can you watch over and over again? Halloween is one of those I could, I can watch maybe twice a year, maybe. Like, of course, during Halloween, you know, it's, that's a you know, given. But I may watch this, you know, around, you know, summertime, maybe just kind of, you know, get the Halloween feel back to, you know, my life. But it's just not one of those ones I can watch over and over again. So if I can't watch it over and over again, it's just not going to be one of my favorite films. So, I mean, sue me. Don't 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 come find me. Don't give me COVID-19. I don't want it. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, I don't know. Let's just let's just move on because I just I feel the die staring at me from all over the world. So <laughs> respect. I'm giving you respect. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, please. All hate mail goes to uh, Kevin at. <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> well, all right. Let's just get to your top two here because I'm anxious to see what you. I think I know your top two is now. So uh, I think I figured it out. I just don't know that the order it's in. So uh, mm. let's just get into it, brother. What's your number two? Number two. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Something came out of the fog. And tried to destroy us. Fuck you too! Fear is a powerful emotion we all feel as humans. We're all afraid of death and loss of a loved one, loss of identity. All the things that you see in the movie, we're all afraid of. So, I am notorious for being, what the kids like to say, a player hater. Um, <laughs> on Halloween. I've got Halloween at number two. All right. There you go. Um, now I'm not going to discredit this film for what it is. I mean, it literally, it did kick off the slasher craze, obviously not the godfather of slashers, but it's, it was important in terms of the successful nature of slashers of the early eighties and so on and so forth. I always kind of personally just found this one a little simplistic, but that's almost the beauty in it too. It doesn't try to do too much. It's just very simple. It's just this fucking, uh, this guy trying to kill Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, yep. that, like that's that's, yeah. that's the plot, yeah. and and I I'm not gonna blame John Carpenter either for making it a little sim- simple because this is his third full length film, um, 
but I, that was just kind of always something to me. It's just watching this film. It's just, there's not too much going on. And I know that that pisses a lot of people off, but motherfuckers, listen, this is number two on my list. Okay. I'm just trying to get all the, tr- tr- the wow. All the de- <laughs> I guess oh my God. Wow. I'm having an aneurysm. All the <laughs> detractors out of the way first, and then we can talk about the good things. Um, there you go. There you go. It's just, in terms of kind of a Halloween atmosphere, you can't really beat this one. I also love that they're watching the 1950s The Thing on yes. the TV, which Brilliant. John Carpenter would go on to direct the kind of the what do you, would you call that a remake or whatever the fuck they reboot? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 real fast, before you move on, real fast, I was yeah. watching an interview with him the other day uh, about just about him trying to get some information about him to kind of get the feel of his movies, and he said that was one he saw in the theater as a kid. And he was like that kind of like kickstarted his love, you know, of wanting to be a director and especially for horror films. So a little tidbit there for you. Damn. Nice. And on top yeah. of that, actually, I, I will add he was a huge fan of a 1955 film, uh, The Quatermass Experiment, for anybody that's seen that one. And he, actually, he has a writing credit on Prince of Darkness as Martin Quatermass, which I don't know. He he would do all these pseudonyms and, and these fake names on on his own films like. I, I think that's fucking weird, but you do you, boo-boo, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Halloween, it's just – obviously, it's a classic film. It's it's simple, but again, I, I, I can't reiterate the fact that sometimes simplistic nature is the most beautiful. Mm. Um, there's nothing I can say or can't say about this one, honestly. You know, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel by giving my opinions because not only have I done it a million times before, but no one really gives a shit – what a 25 year old from Akron, Ohio has to say about Halloween anyway. So I do. be that as it may, Oh, thank you. Be that as it may or may not be. Um, what is your number two? My number two. Okay. So well, before, before we move on from that though, let me just say that with Halloween, um, I think the reason that it, it gets soured for me, especially is the fact of the sequels sour, the original for me. And I know I shouldn't do that. I should leave it separate, but I think you're right. I think the simplicity of the first one is so great because it is just this guy coming to search for this person and kill her. But like, you know, then you find out later on, okay, it was his sister. And then you find out he was a part of a cult. And I was like, it just gets you convoluted. Like simplicity is such a great thing in horror. Um, when, when, when you're talking about storylines, of course you want to get more complicated when you're talking about effects and, you know, stuff like that. But I think simple storylines are the best way to go in horror because you don't want to get like, you don't want to get attached to characters because you want to see them die. That's the whole point of the film. So, I think as it goes along, you know, I think the more convoluted it gets, the, the worse it gets. But I don't know. It's just my opinion. Hopefully, Jenna can help me get through that. We're going to watch all the films together. So hopefully, she can help me get over that stigma. But anyway, all right. I just want to say that before I move on. Um, my number two film is, like, what is your number five film, uh, In the Mouth of Madness. Oh, I, I didn't know you liked this one that much. Dude, I love this film. Like, it's one of my favorites of all time. Like, it's... It's one of those I go back to when I just I want something fun, but also kind of deep and dark to watch. Uh, Sam Neill, just I love him. He's he's like this serious dude, but like he can be so funny at the most awkward times. I love that. I just love, you know, he's just like 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 you know the the, the scene where they're driving uh, in the car and she fall, the, the, his passenger falls asleep and he reaches in the dog apartment and pulls out the little horn and he just starts mm-hmm. beeping in her face and he's just like what 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 you know it's so it's so funny, but like. Um, I just and okay. This, the story of this film, you know, when you when you watch it from start to finish, the very first time, the time or the first couple of times, the story folds in on itself. Like it, it kind of wraps around at the end because, like, you see at the very first of where he's in the cell, and now he's kind of explaining to this guy what's going on. 
and why he thinks the way he thinks about what's going on. But then it uh, like it just wraps around, like it all envelops itself, which is brilliant to my, you know, to me. Um, I think the way it's shot, especially the weird angles and stuff, and the way it looks, gonna get you see that uneasy feeling of, of you know, is this a dream? Uh, is he going crazy? Is this just playing on reality? We just don't know. Uh, we don't. We don't like it's a whole movie. The entire movie, you don't really know what's happening. You keep thinking that you're going to figure out where this is going to end up, and you don't know until the very last shot, which is just brilliant to me. Um, of course, you know it's it's Sutter Kane is the author to these books, and it's like he somehow has this profound impact on his readers, and it, it very reminiscent of Stephen King. Even Stephen King's even brought in up a couple times in this movie. Um, I almost feel like this is almost a hunt for Stephen King in a way because they're actually the, it's because he's an insurance adjuster that's going out to I guess he goes out and tries to prove you know insurance claims so he's trying to figure out well did this author take off or are they using this as a PR stunt to make money or what they're doing with this and I almost feel like it, this could be a hunt for Stephen King like in real life someone could actually go out and try to find Stephen King and like get wrapped up in a world of bullshit that. They would just go crazy in almost. I think it's that's why it's so brilliant is the fact that I can see this actually happening in real life. Uh, not not as not as dreamlike, but still you get so wrapped up in in people's you know thoughts and, and the way that they write and what they're trying to get across. And I, it's brilliant to me. Um, there is a scene where uh, I think it's it's the very scene you know where the like you said you see the the old man on the bicycle. And she's driving, and she comes. She goes over that bridge. She comes out the other side of the bridge, and they're in. Um, that this you know this town. I forgot what the town's name is though. Dang it! Uh, I should write that down. I know I can't. Is it Paradise or something Falls or something? No, it's a uh, oh, fuck me in the ass. Um, damn it! I can't think. Anyway, this the the fate. I hate that. I really hate that. I can't forget the name of this fucking town. No, keep anyway. on going. I got you. I got you. Okay, go. Okay, find it for me. Okay, but like, there's uh, if anybody's watched the new show that's on, I think it was on Shutter uh, from Joe Hill, which is Stephen King's son. Uh, Nosferatu. There's a scene where in that or in that series, she drives this girl drives across this bridge and check another like a, it's almost like a portal. And this is the same thing. Like I, th- I think maybe you may have taken that from this, which I think is awesome. I just love the fact that these two cross over. So that's another brilliant thing. Another Stephen King reference with the kids in the town, kind of like the children of the corn type thing. It's the just the, the back and forth between Sutter Kane and Stephen King. It's just brilliant to me. I think it's the, just the mirroring between reality and fake, or is it not? Or is it, you know, it's that's just so great to me. Um, the special effects are fantastic. The practical effects are fantastic. Um, the way that it uh, it just gives you this surreal feeling the entire time, but you're also kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Um, but I've got I, the town I, name. Uh, it is Hobbs End. Hobbs End. My God, thank yeah. you so much. That was going to kill me, dude. Hobbs fucking end. Yes. Um, but like, I'll, I'll just I'll leave you with this. I know I said a lot about this film, but I'll leave you with this. Are we all just characters in a Stephen King book? Mm. She will not for a while. Okay. Yes. Well, it's <laughs> also interesting enough. I was going to mention that about Carpenter films. Is all all of them are pretty much based in reality. Obviously, uh, Ghost of Mars was not. But that's future. Oh, yeah. But like a lot of them is just kind of like everyday life. People, you know, and then they end up in these different worlds or, you know, these this surreal kind of galaxy. You know, like it's 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 real enough to where you could picture yourself being where they are and just kind of stumbling upon this other world. And I think that that's very interesting that no one, you know, no other kind of director is known to kind of twist 
reality like that. And I, I think it's very interesting, such as Prince of Darkness or mm-hmm. especially in, in the Mouth of Madness. You know, it's it seems believable, which is, right. I think, the scariest thing. That's so that's so true. And like I said, Stephen King has the same kind of effect. And John Carpenter and Stephen King do have a very strong connection, I think. You know, just I think they're friends plus just with the with the way that they you know, write, compose, or direct kind of all coincides with each other. So that's that's just brilliant to me. I love that. That's why John Carpenter is one of my favorite you know, directors of all time. So yeah, Definitely. just brilliant. So all right. We've arrived at number one, sir. Are you ready to go? Oh, see, yes. See, si, see, si, senor. All right, let's hit it, man. Number one. Here we go. Number one. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Something came out of the fog and tried to destroy us. Fuck you too. Fear is a powerful emotion we all feel as humans. We're all afraid of death and loss of a loved one, loss of identity. All the things that you see in the movie, we're all afraid of. All right. Before I continue, I will give you props on your uh, Spanish. That was very good. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) Gracias. So I've got the thing. Um, I don't think this shocks anybody. I think if you ask the average John Carpenter fan what their favorite film would be, it it would be a toss up of The Thing and Halloween. Um, Now that you narrowed yours down, I know what it is. I'm not going to say it. Um, Mm -hmm. But The Thing, uh, it was just the pinnacle of special features i believe it was rob botin who did the special features and he was like an early 20 year old in this film it, it when this film came out it, it's just absolutely mind-blowing you've got yeah. dreamy as kurt russell's mccready obviously a, a classic a, honestly a kind of a a horror icon but like not so much he kind of busted above a horror icon i'm sure if, if you've said mccready people who aren't even horror fans would be like oh that name sounds familiar yeah oh yeah um so it kind of transcends horror in and of itself. This one, I didn't watch until like the past four or five years, honestly. I held off on this one for a long time. It took me a while to get kind of in the groove of going back to the 80s films. Um, but oh my God, I'm glad I did. It's just, mm-hmm. this one has that paranoia. I, I love that in films, you know, because it, yeah. it really gets under your skin. Especially the whole fact of the matter is there is this alien form that can imitate its host so it could completely take over somebody and there's like fucking 14 dudes in this alaskan kind of compound or whatever and you can't tell who if someone is this life form or not and when they find out it's the life form whenever the life form's threatened it gets all fucking tentacly and shit it grows like six heads and all, all kinds of spider limbs and shit it's it's wacky man it's very lovecraftian again you know that's kind of something i've noticed with a lot of carpenter films is he does a lot of those kind of creatures that are very hp lovecraft-esque but to kind of expand upon all those points you know it's just classic and and to hear that this bombed when it came out um it didn't it didn't do well at the box office and but it's one of it honestly you could make a case on this but it's probably one of the highest regarded horror films ever um, yeah. in terms of its fan base, I know a lot of people who have seen this one will say it is one of the greatest, if not the greatest horror film of all time. And I'm neither here nor there on, you know, my opinion on that. Well, that makes no sense because obviously it's my number one Carpenter film. So I will <laughs> add to it. I will say that this film is worth the hype. Um, yeah, it's great. And you mentioned the whole dog thing. 
you know oh, that that scene is so cringy, mm-hmm. man. The dogs just fucking God. shake around and shit. That's tough. But yeah, that John Carpenter, tough. like you mentioned, again with the dogs, he's just like, hey, dog lovers, fuck off. You know, like, every <laughs> yeah. single film he makes, he's just like fucking dogs up and shit. It's so sad. Yep, yep. But, but you know, classic. I mean. I mean, the way I say is if you can't make someone feel something and while I'm watching a movie, you haven't done your job and he really makes people feel shit all the time. So yes, totally, totally. And here's one thing, you know, they kept trying to figure out how to figure out who the thing was. I mean, it's a very simple thing. Just go up to each person and say, say, you know, say diabetes. If they said it right, then <laughs> they figure out, who, you know, they figure out who it was. It's just so simple, but I don't know. Exactly. And I also heard another way to tell if they're real or not is you lightly brush their nipple. And if they don't laugh or smile, then they are one of the aliens. That would mean I'm an alien. Do you know uh, John Carpenter came out in an interview and said that? Did he really? No, I'm just totally kidding. But you know, <laughs> Oh, I love that. <laughs> I would fucking love that. I was like, whoa, she not really? It's like John Carpenter's just sitting in an interview chair and he's like, all right, I'm going to blow your fucking mind. Are you ready to figure out like this behind the scenes factoid or whatever? Like that that would be crazy. <laughs> that would be hilarious, dude. <laughs> oh, man. But it's something, I can hear him saying that though. He is a, he's a jokester, so I can definitely hear him saying that. But, uh, he's so serious though too. That's my that's the thing I've always seen. Every single time he takes a picture with somebody, he looks oh, he's so just serious. like – tired and just like mm-hmm. yeah so serious and like yeah. almost angry and i'm like fuck man like you know, i, I feel intimidated and i'm not even near him yeah yeah i'm about to say yeah he has that intense feeling about it but yeah i've heard he, uh, he can he can be you know one of the guys who are just kind of like you know chilling out sometimes but sometimes he just just real just serious as shit which this is mm-hmm. good you know yeah but uh yeah the thing really like i said i, I hate to put it so low on my list but like i said halloween and, and the mouth of madness were just two i really liked you know a lot like a lot of, and, and maybe once i rewatch the thing a few more times i may in my case it may change so but as of right now it's just it's you know just is what it is um so you think you know my number one i do okay yeah well, i mean i think it's obvious um <laughs> and i'm kind of i'm kind of disappointed it wasn't on your list at all that's just that kind of disappoints me but um i knew not having this film in the fog i i thought especially because i remembered how much you enjoyed the fog i th- i yeah. was like oh man he's gonna give me shit for that yeah, I mean, like I said, like you know, the fall—it it is what it is. I'm, I'm not upset. Well, well, I'll, I'll take it on your ass later on. So don't worry holy, about it. Holy hell! Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, I won't get too much into that. That's that's you know, pillow talk for, for us later on. So. Oh yeah, of course. Of course, if you know me at all, you're gonna know that my number one John Carpenter film is none other than Christine. Fucking Christine got me by the balls, man. This movie is fucking amazing, um, just from start to finish. Like, and, and this is one of the ones I can rewatch over and over and over again. I uh, just got on the Blu-ray like a month ago, I guess. And I probably watched it like five times already. <laughs> so, Jesus. Um, yeah, dude, I fucking love it. I just pop it in. Whenever I'm like just kind of just doing something, I'll just pop it in. Or whenever I want, you know, want some, something I'm going to love, I just pop this in. This and Scream are two of my, two of my favorites. I just pop in sometimes. Um, but I don't know, just the whole feel of this film, just the, the, the character arcs for all of the characters. Like, you know, talking about just, uh, you know, main characters, supporting characters, even the ones that die off pretty soon. Like, they all have their own kind of arc and you all tell us you kind of get a little bit attached to them. So it hurts when they go, even the asshole guy that, you know, I can't remember his fucking name now, but um, I don't know, man. I just, I just love the way this film unfolds. I uh, love the way the car looks. I mean, of course it starts off with almost its birth on the line, um, you know, and then getting its first few victims, you know, even inside the, the factory is just fucking amazing. Um, but just, it, it's, it's, it's a very slow burn. Like he's like John Carpenter is, is one is one of the kings of slow burn films, and he does this so great. But the fact that you know it starts off with a boy, you know, the love of a boy in his car, his first car, and, and 
but then it just kind of escalates a little bit at a time and it starts taking more and more of his time and more and more of his love and, and he gets his girlfriend and then you think they're going to be like all hot and heavy and then they are, but then it's like, eh, the car just kind of beats you out. And you're like, what the fuck, dude? You know, I don't understand this. And even his best friend, like they even, you know, kind of switch places, uh, which is just crazy. So just to, to see how much a car, and it almost is a, is a reflection of how, you know, people put things above pe- you know, other people. So it's like, you know, this car was, of course it was in the movie, it was a monster because it was taking over people's lives and, you know, making them kill and then killing them. But it's also a look at the way that we kind of put personal possessions above, you know, relationships or people in our life. And so it kind of makes you think about that too. So it's like, you know, are these things more important than real deep relationships with the people that you supposedly love and say that you love? And, that that to me is very it's a very good story um for, you know it's just it's one of those things that will hit you when you're not really paying attention so you get the end of the movie you're like damn you know like he just gave all that up you know his life his friends you know spoiler alert um you know for this car and just a car you know like it's just a thing to get from point a to point b so it's 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 just, it's that's that's the brilliant part of it it's such a simple simple story turned so complicated and just absolutely brilliant. So um, I will say that um, the the one scene I love so much in this is the the, the scene where uh, Christine is chasing the you know the main bad guy that's you know that's been pissing around, you know, the John Travolta esque kind of character. Um, gets him in the the gas station, you know, fucking runs over his car, and then he catches he catches on fire. Christine catches on fire, and then is rolling down the street behind him, and then rolls him. Dude, that's just it's so fucking awesome. I just love that scene so much. Um, just perfectly shot. The music along with it, just, it's so creepy and just, oh, it's so awesome. I can't say more about it, but anyway, just, if you haven't seen Christine, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> That's the first time you said that in a while. I know, dude. It's, it's been a long time since I said that. So, you yeah, know, seriously, just uh, love, love, love Christine. So, tits. You know, <laughs> yes. I've only seen that once, actually. Dude, what I know. are you doing to me? I know. I need to rewatch yeah. it. Yes, you need to go like tonight to pop it in, fucking check it out, you know, block the world out for a while. Just fucking, you know, tell COVID-19 to take a back seat for a minute and just watch Christine. <laughs> well, because of COVID-19, <laughs> I've got all the time. You really do. You really have a lot of time just to, well, for, you, told, you told me you're busy at work, so I can, you know, I, I can just. Yeah, that's true. So. Works poops, but. Yeah. I about to say, I think Kevin and I are both, you know, deemed essential employees, which it makes me feel kind of special, you know, it's kind of cool. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, do you want to get into? Do you, do you have anything else to, to say after this? I think we were going to um, some stuff. No, nah, man. I think just kind of we can all agree that you know John Carpenter has definitely left his footprint on not only horror but kind of film history as we know it. You know, he's definitely come out with a lot of classics, and it, it's pretty un, undisputed that he is one of, if not the best horror director of all time. So I think to kind of have a person like that is the first episode of this new series we're doing i think it 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 works really well you know and and of course i know that we enjoy bringing out all these new things and we're we're trying to give you guys the listeners you know kind of an insight on who this person is and and their films and so we hope you come away with a a a new knowledgeable thing or two yeah yeah a new love for john carpenter films and you know a new interest in what he has to to share with the world so like i said he's a very fantastic director and he's a very fantastic person as well too so um all right, let's just get into some honorable mentions here. Uh, I had three, but you've talked about one already, uh, which is Vampires. Um, 
it's just like you said, it's just, everything you said. I echo. Like it's just a great vampire film, very well shot, very memorable. Uh, a lot of you know uh, great scenes in it. Um, it's 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 one of the one of the better vampire films. It's just not my top five. Um, but James, James Woods, man, he's God. He's just one of those badasses in films. That you just have to sit back and go, fucking, just do it, man. Just do your shit. I just listen there and just love every minute of it. Just but, do um, it. Just do it to me, baby. Do it to me one more time. What is that um, Nike's? Uh- Nike slogan, just do it. Yeah, just mm-hmm. just do it. Well, it's, well, it's also your slogan to me, so you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, another one is uh, "They Live." Um, I did oh, watch shit. this. Re- yeah, I did rewatch that for this series. It just, I, it's a great film, but I don't know, man. I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this one because I just don't see the hyper on this one. Like it's. It just kind of it's just very one note. Um, the scenes drag on, like the the fight scene between uh, Roddy Roddy and um, oh god, is that David um, Keith? Yeah, David Keith. That just goes on for way too long. Like I, I'm like, okay, you beat the fuck out of each other, go move on. We know you kick each other's asses, whatever. But it just it's so, so many scenes just take so long to to produce something, anything. It's like comically uh, long. It, Yes, yes, exactly. Like, it should be a horror comedy rather than just a serious film. So, uh, even in the ending, it's just like, wow, that was, that's it. Okay. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up. You know, it's just, I don't know. Like, it, it start like the first 20 minutes is very cool. Like, I got maybe half an hour or so. Then it just, uh, for me, I just, I lose interest. I just lose interest. And I just like, all right, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, anything to say about this one before I move on? Yeah, man. I'm going to make a lot of people mad too. I don't like that one. I, I actually come, yeah. I was thinking about making it my shit pick. I'm sorry. But uh, it's definitely not worse than Village of the Damned. But just just to me, there's not a lot going on. Um, again, this is one that maybe I should delve into a little bit more seriously. Maybe watch it again, give it another another shot. But first time I watched it, I was pretty let down because I knew of all the hype about it. And I, I don't necessarily understand the hype myself. But right. I, I'll give it another shot before I definitively say that it's bad, you know? Yeah. All right. Hey, I have an idea. This is springing this on you right on the right on the air here. Why don't we do another commentary, movie commentary, and make it be they live? Oh, okay. Let's do it. That would be cool. I think we're. I'm trying to work out the details of how we can make that happen. Uh, I think I've gotten it pretty simple. So hopefully we can make that happen. Hopefully we can get this going because, like I said, I enjoyed our Demon Wind commentary with Warper Horror, aka Brandon. Hope you're listening. Um, he said a birthday yesterday, so happy birthday! I know this is gonna be way after the fact, but yes, you know, happy birthday, nerd. Anyway. Yeah, dude. Um, anyway, um, that was really lame. Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, all right. Yeah, we're going to work that out. So I'll be looking for that in the future. We may make that a patron thing. We may just put that on YouTube channel. I don't know yet. We'll figure that later on. Um, but the last one I want to talk about is Body Bags. Um, I do love this film. It's a great anthology. It was actually one of my, I think it was my top movie in my anthology list. Um, the reason it didn't make it on my list is the fact that I don't know. It just it's very well made, but at the same point, it just doesn't doesn't hold up to the rest of the films he's made. Like it just he's made so many other films that were just a lot better. Um, Of course, my boy Wes Craven shows up in the first you know the first one, uh, the gas station attendant one. Uh, Miss him so freaking much. We'll talk about him later on, and then of course this this new uh, director series. So I can't wait to get into that. Um, (laughs) I will have myself though. I was watching this, and I wait. Horror films to me, I can really you know watch them and not really worry about being. Of course, there's a few people know that get sick, you know, a little bit queasy watching uh, Martyrs and Inside to be very specific. 
But I was watching the very last one uh, about the eye uh, with uh, with uh, Mark Hamill. And there was a scene where I guess they show them doing the surgery on his eye and everything. And uh, just this whole eyeball thing. And I was eating my dinner watching this. And I literally had to stop the movie and get up and walk into the bathroom and like sit down on the ground and like not pass out. Just lay <laughs> in your bathtub for a couple of minutes. <laughs> Seriously, I was, I was like, what is, what, what the fuck's going on? Like, you know, when you, when you, have you ever fainted before, Kevin? Yes, yes, and, I have. Yeah, so you get that kind of white, kind of like intense feeling in your eyes. And you can't see very well and you're like, oh shit, what's going it's on? Like here? that tunnel vision. Yes, I got that. I'm like, oh yeah. shit, I'm going to pass out. But for luckily real? I didn't. Like, Yes, dude. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was because I was eating or I don't know what it was. It hit me so weird and I almost passed out. So yeah, make fun of me all you want to. I know, dude, it is what it is. But <laughs> That's intense. I know, dude. So that's why I want to talk about it because it just it, if a movie can impact me that much, holy shit. I mean, fucking go watch it. But um, I don't know. This, these other films to me were just a little better than Buddy Bags. I still love it though. I still love all these films so much. But yeah, I kind of hate to have to put them on a, a, you know, a five to one list, but that's <laughs> yeah, so why we do shit on this on this podcast so exactly. um yep yep well uh i think that wraps up for our very first show i'm so excited to get this third season started man i just oh i fucking love it um, hell yeah uh let's give let's give some shout outs here to the end uh of course gotta shout out the patrons all our new patrons all our old patrons all of you guys just fucking amazing you're just keeping us going i got some stuff planned for you guys i just i can't wait to get it all going um I'm just, I, the merch you guys bought, I'm just, I just, I, I'm so excited to see all you guys posting these pictures and just you know, eating our stuff up. I just, uh, it just makes me so happy. Um, let's give some shout outs to some podcasts as well. Uh, give a shout out to the horror basement. Uh, you guys are awesome for putting us on your, your, uh, your network. I just really appreciate it. The hard, the Tennessee Art News network. I just, I just so appreciative guys. Um, alone in the dark podcast. I mean, again, guys the reason why i'm even here doing this so uh they just put out a new t-shirt on their t public i guess this is gonna be a couple couple weeks behind but go check their merch stuff out um i just bought their uh logo t-shirt the other day fucking awesome i love that shirt so much so thank you guys again for that um podcast on Elm street another one you guys got to check out they've been pumping stuff out left and right because of this quarantine shit so they have a plethora of stuff to go check out it's a big word uh thank you um but go check them out, especially. And of course, the Dolls of Horror, uh, Sun Flynn and Heather, you guys are just awesome. Um, I just, I can't say enough about you guys. Um, I can't, uh, let's plug each, let's plug each other up. I mean, let's plug ourselves up. There you go. Um, you can find us on, uh, Instagram and it's our podcast. It's, uh, same on Facebook. Fuck Twitter. Fuck Twitter. And my personal Instagram is Old Man Ghostface, and yours is Slash and Captain. And he's been doing some really awesome reviews lately, so go check those out, especially because he just fucking knocks out of the park every time. Thank um, you, sir. You're welcome, sir. Um, okay, so let's just get into uh, what we're covering on the next episode. Who's our next director we are going to delve into, sir? We are doing Eli Roth. We're going to we're going to do him really seriously? All right. Yes. Oh, I mean, oh, the pop- oh. and literally. <laughs> Ooh, Eli, get ready for us, baby. We're coming. We're coming. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about Eli Roth. Now, now we're going to bend the rules just slightly for this next one because he doesn't really direct a whole lot of horror films. So we kind of threw in things with it with producer credits or just, you know, things he's had his hand in. So we're going to expand it a little bit, but 
same point, it'll be all about Eli Roth. So um, I guess that's about all. So I'll wrap it up by saying my name is Wes. And I'm Kevin. Hey, we'll see you next time. See ya. I won't.